A reading of the 130th Psalm. Out of the depths I cry to you, O Lord. Lord, hear my voice. Let your ears be attentive to the voice of my supplications. If you, O Lord, should mark iniquities, Lord, who could stand? But there is forgiveness with you, so that you may be revered. If I wait for the Lord, my soul waits, and in His word I hope. My soul waits for the Lord more than those who watch for the morning. More than those who watch for the morning. O Israel, hope in the Lord. For with the Lord there is steadfast love, and with Him is great power to redeem. It is He who who will redeem Israel from all its iniquities. The Word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. Reading from the 11th chapter of the Gospel according to John. Now a certain man was ill, Lazarus of Bethany, the village of Mary and her sister Martha. Mary was the one who anointed the Lord with perfume and wiped his feet with her hair. Her brother Lazarus was ill. So the sister sent a message to Jesus, Lord, he whom you love is ill. But when Jesus heard it, he said, this illness does not lead to death. Rather, it is for God's glory, so that the Son of God may be glorified through it. Accordingly, though, Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. After hearing that Lazarus was ill, he stayed two days longer in the place where he was. Then after this, he said to the disciples, Let us go to Judea again. The disciples said to him, Rabbi, the Jews were just now trying to stone you. And are you going there again? Jesus answered, Are there not twelve hours of daylight? Those who walk during the day do not stumble because they do not see the light of this world. Because they see the light of this world. But those who walk at night stumble because the light is not in them. After saying this, he told them, Our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep, but I am going there to awaken him. The disciples said to him, Lord, if he has fallen asleep, he will be all right. Jesus, however, had been speaking about his death, but they thought that he was referring merely to sleep. Then Jesus told them plainly, Lazarus is dead. For your sake I am glad I was not there, so that you may believe, but let us go to him. Thomas, who was called the twin, said to his fellow disciples, Let us also go, that we may die with him. When Jesus arrived, he found that Lazarus had already been in the tomb four days. Now Bethany was near Jerusalem, some two miles away, and many of the Jews had come to Martha and Mary to console them about their brother. When Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went and met him while Mary stayed at home. Martha said to Jesus, If you had been here, my brother would not have died. 
But even now I know that God will give you whatever you ask of him. Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. Martha said to him, I know that he will rise again in the resurrection on the last day. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. Those who believe in me, even though they die, will live. And everyone who lives and believes in me will never die. Do you believe this? She said to him, Yes, Lord, I believe that you are the Messiah, the Son of God, the one coming into the world. When she had said this, she went back and called her sister Mary and told her privately, The teacher is here and calling for you. And when she heard it, she got up quickly and went to him. Now Jesus had not yet come to the village, but was still at the place where Martha had met him. The Jews who were with her in the house, consoling her, saw Mary get up quickly and go out. They followed her because they thought she was going to the tomb to weep there. When Mary came where Jesus was and saw him, she knelt at his feet and said to him, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. When Jesus saw her weeping, and the Jews who came with her also weeping, she was greatly disturbed in spirit and deeply moved. He said, where have you laid him? They said to him, Lord, come and see. Jesus began to weep, so the Jews said, see how he loved him. But some of them said, could not he who opened the eyes of the blind man have kept this man from dying? Then Jesus, again greatly disturbed, came to the tomb. It was a cave, and a stone was lying against it. Jesus said, take away the stone. Martha, the sister of the dead man, said to him, Lord, already there is a stench because he has been dead four days. Jesus said to her, did I not tell you that if you believed you would see the glory of God? So they took away the stone and Jesus looked upward and said, Father, I thank you for having heard me. I knew that you always hear me, but I have said this for the sake of the crowd standing here so that they may believe that you sent me. When he had said this, he cried out with a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. The dead man came out, his hands and feet bound with strips of cloth and his face wrapped in a cloth. Jesus said to them, Unbind him and let him go. Many of the Jews, therefore, who had come with Mary and had seen what Jesus did, believed in him. The word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. You may be seated. Have you ever known somebody who just had to have the last word? Anybody? Are you that person? Anybody want to volunteer that information? You hear that sometimes when there's an argument and you're witness to it and somebody looks at this, well, he just always has to have the last word, Right? That idea, the last word, has come to mean for us something special, and it's actually made its way into the dictionary, as a lot of phrases often do. And apparently what it means 
is the final thing said in an argument or a discussion. Now, for most of my married life, we don't fight that much. Samantha says it's because I refuse to fight. But in our later life, she has developed this thing where she has her glasses on. She looks at me over her glasses with her eyebrows raised like that. And in a way, that's a kind of final word, isn't it? Another definition of a final word is the power to make a final decision. If somebody says, well, whatever you want to do is fine. Guys, don't do it. That's a trick. But that power to make a final decision is important to people, especially in relationships, isn't it? A lot of people fight over that power. And a lot of people fight over who's going to have the final say in something. Who has the final word? And there are also the idea of a final word spoken before death. I read that the, the final words of, of a guy who was famous for inventing soap operas and being on the radio all the time, that when he was dying, he took his oxygen mask off and he said, and now a final word from our sponsor. <laughs> and he died. That's crazy. My mom's last words were, bye, bye. It's the last I heard from her. Final words have weight. The final words of John Wesley, the founder of the Methodist movement, is said to have been, the best of all is God is with us. The best of all is God with us. Final words are important. The last word, the last say, that authoritative speaking that ends the conversation. I read a story about a man and a woman who were at a wedding. And like sometimes happens at weddings, this older man was enjoying dancing with all the 20 and 30-year-old girls whose husbands didn't dance, and they were all giving him white claws to encourage him to dance. I did not witness this in person, but I have seen similar things at wedding receptions. And so his wife had watched nervously, and, and eventually she decided, you know, I'm going to tell him that he can't drive home. And she asked for the keys, though she thought he was really kind of fine because of the way he was walking and talking. He didn't seem slurred or anything, but still she said, I want the keys. And when she said no, she decided she would have the last word. And she got up against him and said, give me the keys now. And he held her back and said, no, get in the car. And boy, she got angry. Well, on the way home, he was speeding. And he got pulled over. And when the patrolman got to the window, he noticed that he didn't have his seatbelt on. And he said, sir, you were speeding and you don't have your seatbelt on. He said, I did too. I took it off to get my wallet, but your wallet's not out, sir. Ma'am, did he have on his seatbelt? And the woman said, sir, I learned a long time ago not to argue with him when he's drunk. <laughs> These are examples of having the last word. Some of them are funny. Some of them have weight. Some of them feel threatening to us because the idea that we might sometime at some point in our life speak our last words is a frightening thing, isn't it? Have you ever thought about what your last words will be in the hospital before you pass away? These things have weight for us. Likewise, this story is filled with someone trying to have the last word. I have to kind of go through them with the book because 
I won't be able to get them all right in order. But listen to this. Jesus finds out that Lazarus is ill. He says he's going to go there. And the disciples said, man, they tried to kill you last time you were there. Aren't they trying to have the last word? To control the situation. Say, you can't go back to Judea. And then, Jesus says, he's fallen asleep. And so the disciples, all of them being licensed doctors, say, well, if he's sleeping, he'll probably be okay. Trying to have the last word. And then Jesus said, Lazarus is dead. And that might not sound like Jesus grappling for the last word, but what it is is death grappling for the last word, isn't it? Have you not felt that pit in your chest when someone said to you that someone that you loved was dead? You looked at the phone, and this is not someone who calls me ever unless there's bad news, and you answered it anyway, and they said, so-and-so is dead. And you felt like you coiled up on yourself, and the hurt that was in your gut felt like the last thing you would ever hear. Jesus delivered what seemed like last words. Lazarus is dead. But then he says, for your sake I'm glad I was not there. Promising that there's something beyond what looks like last words. And he says they're going anyway, and so Thomas looks at the other disciples and said, well I guess we might as well go die with him. Again, someone trying to grab authority with his last word. To convince Jesus, you can't drag us all into this. We will get killed with you. Or maybe he was just being brave. I don't know. But this week it sounded to me like he was trying to wrestle control in the situation and say, y'all sure you want to do this? And then, as Jesus was coming into Bethany, Martha goes to him and says this, it's your fault. If you hadn't waited two days, my brother would be alive. She knew how long it took to get from where Jesus was to where she was. Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not be dead. Don't those sound like a person trying to grab the last word? Trying to remove responsibility from herself, possibly, to Jesus? And so Jesus wrestles against that. She says to him, your brother will live again. But she can't hear that as Jesus' last word. She hears it about a future possibility, not about something that he might actually be able to do now. She says, I know that he will live again. That on the last day he will be raised. And Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. 
Those who believe in me, even though they die, will live. And everyone who lives and believes in me will never die. And she, he gives her a chance to live into what he's saying. He says, do you believe this? In this story that's filled with people wrestling over the last word, when the shadow of death is hanging over this small community, and it looks like truly death has had the final word, Jesus asks her to believe that in Him there is something more, that there's more beyond what she can see, that in Him life is present, that the power of God is in Him. To raise Lazarus now. She says, yes, Lord, I believe that you are the Messiah, the Son of God, the one coming into the world. But she doesn't yet believe he's going to Bethany to raise her brother. Or she would have taken his hand and said, let's go do it. And then Mary comes out. Lord, if you'd been here, my brother would not have died. Again, the specter of death is trying to have the last word to make Jesus look powerless. And so Jesus says, where have you laid him? And she said, come and see. And then everybody there began to weep because the situation was hopeless. Because death had had the final say. Because as far as they knew, death has had the final word and there's nothing Jesus or anybody else can do about it. I've felt that way before, haven't you? Standing beside a grave as you've thrown that last rose into the hole. Taking a shovel full of the dirt and pitched it in and heard the clods land on the wood. There is nothing that seems as final as a grave. There is nothing that seems as final as hearing someone say, she is dead. all the way until the last inch is packed and the sod is rolled back over the hole. Death shouts, I have the final word. And just like that, these people gather there. And even some of those who had come to mourn said, could not he who has given sight to the blind man have kept this man from dying? And then we're told that Jesus came to this tomb disturbed. And once again, they tried to have the final say. said, Lord, you can't open the stone. He stinks. Because there's no coming back from four days dead. This is futile. Death has had the final word.
But then just like in the beginning, when the word was spoken and creation came into being, the word of God in the flesh shouts the word of new creation. Lazarus, come out. And it turns out that Jesus has the final word. The final say. In all of those moments, dear ones, where you have experienced the darkness of having death and destruction and sin and the devil tell you that the final word has been spoken, that you are destroyed, that you were beaten, that you were defeated, that you will never amount to anything, that no one loves you, that you are hated, that you are derided, that you are nothing, that nobody could ever care for you, that you mean nothing, that you are worthless, that you have no good in you, that there is nothing but trash in your life, that you are a worthless human being. All of those are the same voices that were shouting at the face of that rock that day saying, death has won there's no coming back from this there is no return to the garden but Jesus says hey y'all watch this Lazarus come out dear ones whatever you take from this story remember this Jesus has the power to speak the last word into the face of death and even death will fall away we have no greater enemy But at the shout of, death, of Jesus, death is defeated. In Lazarus' life, and in our lives as well. This is the good news we hear this morning. Jesus has the last word. And I'm grateful. Are you?